0: Before we get started, I want to take a quick moment to shine a light on today's podcast partner, Mala Collective. This beautiful company is here to share mindfulness with the world through tools, practices, and physical reminders of the life you choose to live. They have the most stunning meditation cushions. You will want one of these for every room in your place. They are equally stylish as they are functional. They also have gorgeous mala beads to really help you ground down into your practice. I'll be talking more about them, and I have a special discount code for you, so keep listening. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to be kicking off this new year with today's guest. Her name is Sarah Gerber, and she is the founder of Neat Vancouver. She is a professional organizer. I was lucky enough to have her and her team come over to our home to help us with our kitchen cupboards. And she was unbelievable at making everything feel streamlined and efficient and everything had a home and a space where it should be. And I'm going to show pictures on the blog of some before and afters of the work that she did. And while she was there, I was like, we have to share some of this expertise that you carry with the Raw Beauty women, because I personally find that when my physical space is clutter-free, when it feels organized, that my inner world feels more calm and that I can then focus on the things that really matter most to me. Clearing the clutter is something that we work on a lot in the Raw Beauty Reset. And that is like clearing the clutter in your physical space, clearing the clutter of thoughts that might be weighing you down. And so today we're going to dive into clearing the clutter of your physical space with a focus on the kitchen. Sarah's going to be sharing five tips to help declutter your kitchen to make it more inspiring, more efficient for you to use, so that as we head into 2021, everyone feels set up in their space. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with me.
1: Thanks for having me, and thanks for having me in your home to spend some time in your kitchen and get you guys set up, because you're totally right. Um, Having a clutter-free, beautiful space is really a reflection of what's going on for your mental state as well. So, we're always happy to do that for you and uh, for our clients as well. We being able to help set them up for success.
0: This is a gift that you have. And I feel <laughs> like after 2020 and all of us spending so much time in our homes that a, we probably realize the impacts that our environment or space yeah. has on us, but B um, there's a possibility that there's more clutter than ever before. Like people are using their kitchens more. We've got fridges that are stocked because of the fact that we're not going out as much. So Let's just start off with sort of your first tip or piece of advice when it comes to tackling a kitchen space.
1: Yeah, kitchens can definitely be a bit overwhelming because it is a lot of categories and it's an area we spend a lot of time in and you kind of are, you are locked into these like windows of time to do anything in your kitchen because especially if you have a family, the next meal is right around the corner. So you only have a a few hours maybe between meals to be able to get something done. So we always suggest to start really small with the kitchen, pick a drawer or a cupboard. Your junk drawer is always a good place to start because it's a very unemotional, very easy decisions can be made. You can kind of quickly categorize and get the things that don't belong there out. Um, Tupperware is another really great spot to start small and you know just match up your lids and start to see what is actually getting used in that drawer um so yeah definitely just pick one drawer or one cabinet don't try to empty your whole kitchen or your whole pantry if you're just starting out um, because that can get really overwhelming and then you're stuck with a really big mess and you're trying to cook dinner and your kids are coming in and it just can get really overwhelming and frustrating and you'll lose momentum
0: I feel like there is a personal organizer who's been in the media a lot lately, who I love and adore and feel like there's so many tips coming from her. But one of her pieces of advice that never fully resonated with me was this idea of pulling everything out and doing it all at once. I understand like maybe why that was the recommendation for some people. It might work to just tackle it head on. But I find whether it's in health and wellness or organizing our home, that often focusing on one thing that feels manageable and completing that task brings a huge sense of satisfaction, which gives us energy to be able to take on the next drawer or the next workout whatever it is that we're talking about so I love this first tip of starting small picking one area that feels manageable rather than doing the whole room tackle that one drawer that's all you have to do so right now everyone who's listening I want you to think of the one space in your kitchen that is calling to you to have a little love and you're going to start there all right, what's tip number two?
1: So tip number two is starting to edit. So really look through um, what is in that drawer or that cupboard or that space and, and sort of try to take that a step back and look at what are you actually using? Um, and this kind of where you have to get a little bit harsh with yourself, a little bit realistic. Are there items in there that you know, you've been saving for either sentimental reasons or they're broken and you just haven't had time to fix them, but are you really gonna get around to fixing them? Are they expired a lot of kitchen items um, like food in your pantry bought for a recipe or whatnot but it's really not serving you if you're not using it so it's a great time to really look at what you're using see if it if it belongs in the space see if it can be donated or make a plan to use it like especially. I often leave clients' homes with a little pile of stuff that they're like, oh, I'm going to do a recipe with this next week. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave this on your counter and it better not be here when I come back. So really sort of making plans to either use up those food items or if it's things that can find a new home or seasonal items that you only maybe use once or twice a year, do they really need to be in valuable real estate in your kitchen? Or can they get moved to either like a top cupboard or a back corner cupboard so that it's not impeding your everyday flow of your kitchen. And you really will see what you need in your kitchen is quite minimal. Even if you cook a lot, you probably have your favorite spoons that you use or your favorite snacks that your kids are only eating the stuff in the first 20% of your pantry. Um, So just making sure you're not wasting the space with the things that aren't serving you.
0: I love some of the tips that you wrote down for me when you were doing my kitchen. You said toss Tupperware or upcycle it that doesn't have a matching lid or bottom. I am the queen of holding on to it, like hoping that the other piece of it is going to show up. And then 10 years later, you've got this whole drawer of mismatched Tupperware and only one unit that actually works. So, this is a great tip. A lot of them can be recycled. Tossing food that has expired, tossing any broken plastic. If you like to save glass jars, saving six to 12 max. I feel like there's probably some people listening right now who have like the whole cupboard shelf of, of Mason jars. And then this one as well, water bottles and to go coffee mugs. Each family member gets two to three max solid editing tips, but really going through what it is that you need and stuff that you don't use. All right. Tip number three.
1: So creating categories and zones. There's a lot of different activities that happen in a kitchen. It's great to be able to group like items together. It'll make you more efficient. It'll make you realize what you have. So you're not overbuying or picking up an extra um, item that maybe you don't need, or, you know, making sure you're requesting the right things for Christmas so that you don't have two waffle makers because you can't find the other one it's something like setting up a coffee station or if you're really into smoothies in the morning making sure your cups and your blender and all of your powders and the things you mix in is all in a zone. So you're not running all over the kitchen. So being able to create those zones for breakfast, did a little breakfast station in your kitchen that had like your toaster and your peanut butter and jams. And like, so it makes it really easy when someone's coming in to do an activity in the kitchen, they can kind of go to that one zone and you're not sort of doing that kitchen dance running into each other. Another really fun one I've done for some clients is uh, it's a great teaching opportunity they wanted to have their kids learn to pour their own cereal in the morning so we moved all of the kids stuff really low into a drawer including the spoons so they could get a spoon in a bowl and we like decanted cereal into like a much smaller manageable container so they could pour their own cereal and not make a huge mess if it did spill so that was an activity they were kind of learning to do but you can create those zones in your kitchen for for any activities, I know lots of moms are balancing cooking and trying to entertain kids. So we often set up like a little art station so that there's some craft supplies, like at a at the island that the kids can have that as a home in the kitchen for them to be able to do that activity while mom's cooking. So really think about the activities and the zones that you can create in your space to have those, those categories working for you.
0: This is one of my favorite things that you did. And that was such a game changer in regards to our kitchen feeling more in flow we prior to you coming had one cabinet that was full of like oils and spices and balsamic vinegars and then like tea and all this random stuff and then we had another cupboard that was our granola bars and crackers and bread and produce and peanut butter and it was just a giant shit show to be honest in that cupboard and then when you came and created these little zones it just made everything feel a bit more manageable and visible is the other thing so that we really know what it is that we have. We created a section for tea and I'll show you in the pictures. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can go to the blog post where you can actually see some of the categories that she created. We created a breakfast zone. We created a snack zone for the kids. There's a baking zone. And then you also did this in my fridge. So- you moved some of the shelves and actually removed some of the shelves to create yeah. more space. And we have like a produce section. Now we have a section for breads that we want to keep cooler. We have all of our dairy in a drawer. And so it's just so much easier to know really what we have so that we're not buying more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Being organized and, and having those categories set up is a, is a great way to save money, honestly, in your, your pantry and in your fridge so that you you know where things are there's not things getting lost at the back the back of your fridge I know we added the turntable to your fridge also so things aren't getting lost at the back so you can kind of rotate and see your most used items because um, yeah there's nothing worse feeling than food getting wasted um, especially pro, like fresh produce and stuff so setting up those systems so you know where everything is is super beneficial
0: If I had to pick one practice that has been the most supportive of my physical and mental wellness, it would hands down be meditation. Taking even five minutes to connect to my breath and check in with my body really allows me to show up for my work and my relationships. And as a mother in alignment with who I want to be. Most of us at this point understand the benefits of meditation, but struggle with making it a consistent part of our everyday life. One thing I found really helpful is creating a little space in my home that feels welcoming, comfortable, and nurturing. I use a beautiful cushion set from Mala Collective with a candle and some of my favorite Mala beads to help me really ground into my practice. The cushions are the perfect height to support your hips and knees while you're sitting in silence, And they are equally as stunning in their design, making them a beautiful addition to any living space or bedroom. I love that having my cushion out on display also serves as a visual cue, a reminder to connect back to myself. Mala Collective is offering Raw Beauty listeners 10% off everything on their site with the code rawbeauty10 at malacollective.com. That's 10% off their gorgeous cushion sets, crystal collections, and authentic gemstone mala beads using the code rawbeauty10. This is for a limited time only. So head on over to malacollective.com if more mindfulness is on the menu for the coming year. I highly, highly recommend their beautiful products. Okay, tip number four.
1: So tip number four is finding a home for everything. Clean counters is always our goal. Having a home where everything can be put into its place and that you know where it is, whether that stuff is out sometimes on your counters um, and you're using it, but knowing that it has a place to be reset and put back into its place to have bins for all of your snacks so that you can dump everything out of its packaging because the packaging often takes up a lot of space or you think you have more granola bars in a box than you actually do. But it also then really helps you mentally be able to keep that inventory of what you have and and where the the homes for everything is cuz you know there isn't going to be snacks in your baking section they're all in your snack section.
0: This is such a simple but effective tool. You can again click on the link, go check out the blog post so you can see the before and after and just get a visual of how much base and sort of calm this brings to the kitchen. It's so easy to find these bins and then to take the stuff out of the packaging and just keep them in the bins instead. So I love that. And
1: tip number five. The tip number five is really thinking about the function and the flow of your space. So like we said, start small, start finding homes for everything. But once you've kind of tackled and done some of that major editing and that grouping of categories is to really think about the flow of your space. And that might mean moving or switching large categories in in your space. Think about when you're opening your dishwasher, is it easy to unload? Are you carrying heavy plates all the way across the kitchen? Mm -hmm. Are you having to reach across to put your glasses on the other side of your dishwasher. So thinking about the flow of that, like, could you switch your cupboards so that it's like really easy to unload your cutlery or wherever your coffee station is? Are you using tap water to fill up your coffee maker? or Are you using the water from the fridge? So setting your coffee zone up close to wherever you're getting your water. Same with the kids we've talked about, really empowering them to be able to either help unload the dishwasher or set their their plate at the table, can they reach their dishes? Or are you having to pull down the mountain of kids' dishes for them? Make your systems last a little bit longer because you'll be less likely than to be fighting a system. And the best way you can really start to detect this is where you'll start to see the biggest messes in your kitchen. So if you always have a pile or there's a corner that you shove things, usually that's a really good spot to start looking at that there's probably something within that system that isn't serving you very well.
0: Oh, we definitely had the piles. That is a very normal thing, but... I do have to say that they are not there anymore since you've been across, <laughs> which is a really nice feeling. It's a really nice feeling. Okay, let me go through those five tips one more time. If you have a piece of paper, write them down. The first one is to start small. So pick that little area, that drawer, that uh, shelving unit that you are going to tackle. Maybe it's a specific area of the fridge. Edit what you don't use. So look at pieces that might be broken or mismatched or expired and recycle them if you can, of course. Upcycle them, gift them, or toss them. Number three, create categories and zones. So pair like items together. And uh, anything like smoothies or breakfast items or coffee or tea, can you create little zones for them? Number four, a home for everything. Can we find a space for everything so that if you choose to remove things off the countertop, You can, uh, and things like your oatmeal or cereal or granola bars or snacks or produce in the fridge all have a specific home. And last but not least, think about function and flow. I am so grateful for you taking the time out of your day. I know you have a little babe on the way and a toddler yourself. So you are managing a lot along with growing your business. First of all, what I would recommend is trying some of these tips on your own. If you are feeling like you are at max capacity, and this is never going to happen, I cannot recommend Sarah and her team at NEAT anymore. It was honestly such an incredible experience and I really feel like we'll be able to maintain what they put together for years to come. I'm so excited to show you the pictures and I hope that you feel ready to tackle a small space in your own home because I do truly believe that clearing that clutter and creating more function and flow impacts us more than just at a material level. There is a piece of our mental and physical state that also shifts as we clear and cleanse and really take the time as well to just appreciate and be mindful of our space and the things that are within it. Sarah, where can people find you if they're interested in connecting further?
1: Definitely Instagram, at Vancouver Neat, is the best place to find me. You can see lots of the projects that we're working on and get inspiration and tips and tricks of um, how to how to do this and then DMing me that way. It's always a great way to connect and uh, I can get you the information that you need.
0: If you tackle something in your own kitchen, please tag us at Raw Beauty Talks at Vancouver Neat. We would love to regram you clearing your own clutter and creating a more inspiring kitchen. Sarah, thank you again for joining us. It's always such a pleasure to chat with you. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.